Hello, and welcome to Finding Peace Within. I am your host, Lisa L. Dalton. This podcast was created to provide thought-provoking conversations that I hope will encourage you to find a more peaceful life through spiritual awareness. So sit back, relax, get your pen and your pad as we take this journey to finding peace within together. Coming up on today's Finding Peace Within podcast. To have a baby out of wedlock, my parents were so upset. My pastor, Bishop, Mother Sherman, my grandma, everybody had to stand before the church and apologize. I had to get past that shame. And how did I do it? It's number two. I started writing in a journal. And now, get your pen and your pad as we continue on our journey to finding peace within together. Hello everyone and welcome back to Finding Peace Within with Lisa. Thank you so much for spending your morning, your afternoon, your evening, or your late night with Finding Peace Within. It has been a wonderful week, a wonderful weekend. My birthday was yesterday, November 4th. Thank you to everyone that sent me well wishes on Facebook, Instagram, on my job, text messages, emails, phone calls, and text messages. It's been a wonderful um, experience. I'm 56 now. Oh, so let's give a hand clap for me turning 56. <laughs> I am excited for what God is doing in my life in this season and I am just so I'm just so blessed I thank God for my husband Um, I thank God for my sons Adrian and Maximilian I thank God for my parents my siblings my friends I just I'm just so excited um, to have peace in my life in my spirit in my home in my soul and I'm just I'm just um when I sit back and I just look at my life and I just realize how blessed I really am, all I have to do is take a drive up 77 or uptown and and just say thank you, Lord. And today I am I'm just so thankful and grateful. Again, thank you to everyone that um, gave me some love on my birthday. I want to say. Um, Last week, we know that Jesus is King dropped. Yes, Kanye West's gospel album dropped. And I watched um, Sunday service that was done at the Forum in L.A. on Sunday. And man, they were going, oh my God, it was so good. And of course, I got the album and it is so good. I must have listened to it 15, 1500 times. <laughs> this is so good. Oh my God, it's so good. And it's so blessed me. And I tell you, I have a fire under me now. Just watching, um, watching how the Lord is using him and using the ministry. And Sunday, they were in LA again. And he mentioned um, that Jesus is King is the number one album. Of last right now in America, it is number one. And something he said, um, and they said it wasn't going to happen. 
and they said it was not going to be a good album. But I believe just the word Jesus Christ and people wanting to know more about him and more about this album um, just took it up the charts. As I was preparing for today's podcast, um, I get Google, I get Google notifications, and um, according to according to Google, it says that um, it says give review. Talk about the Google says that Christianity was the most Googled word after Jesus is King dropped. Let's give another hand clap for the kingdom of God. Yes. The word Christianity was the most Google word after the album dropped. And that the Bible verses that he referenced and some of the songs and some of the raps that he um, did on the album. People wanted to know more about that. Isn't that awesome? I'm like... (laughs) Wow, I want to do how many people leave church and Google Christianity or Google the scriptures that the people, uh, you know, that the people, that the pastor used for that Sunday morning. I wonder how many people actually do have to actually does that when they leave church. I'm not sure. I mean, I know at our church we have notes um, that the pastor puts out. I just wonder how many people actually go home and re look at those notes, you know, and and see where the scriptures are in the Bible. But I just think this is an awesome thing for the kingdom right now. And there is also a church that is giving away Bibles. Um, I got that information here. Um, I'm going to get it to you before we leave today. Um, those people that that particular church is giving away Bibles to people that will call, um, send a message to the link that they've set up. And I just think that's amazing, man. I, I just, I just think that's amazing that the kingdom of God is just shining right now, that the kingdom of God is just being put as as Kanye say showing out the kingdom of God is showing out right now so we just give God glory and, and like I stated before it has just put a fire under me we sang years ago um when I was a kid back in church that we will not be silent anymore and we and and that's where I am I will not be silent anymore I would tell the whole world about Jesus Christ. I would tell the whole world about what he's done for me and my life. And and we will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the gospel that gives us the power to do what we do. It is him that gives us the power to do what we do. So if you haven't gotten the album yet. Go and get it. It's on YouTube. So if you don't want to spend the money, you can go on YouTube and you can get the album. It will bless you. Uh, It has blessed me just listening to it. I get, man, tears just begin to run down my eye and my spirit. I I had to take a break today at work as I was watching it. And also they were in, um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana on Friday night. 43 degree weather 
They were out there. Thousands of people were out there praising God. And it was it has been reported that 2,000 people gave their lives to Christ that night. Another applause for the kingdom of God. And you, you know, we make it so hard for people just to accept Christ. And all they have to do is believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. He That he, he, he died and he rose on the third day. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And then they align themselves up with a good word church. Where they're teaching the word of God. And be discipled and grow. All this extra stuff. That's not even necessary. And we just need to let the Holy Spirit do the rest of the work. Because we all got our work to do. We all have our work to do. Here is the article. Jesus is King has caused a spike in people Googling about Christianity. Kanye West's latest album, Jesus is King, lives up to the name in lyrical content and is so full of biblical references that it caused a spike in people searching for answers about Christianity. According to Faith Wire, Jesus and what do Christians believe saw a spike shortly after the album's release. People are actually Googling Jesus. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. My heart is so glad right now. In response, the American Bible Society, an organization founded back in 1816, is giving away free Bibles to Kanye's fans who are curious about the scriptures he shared in his songs. Dr. John Plake, the organization's director of ministry intelligence, explained to Fox News, Fox News, it's talking about Jesus. When we saw an inf influential cultural figure like Kanye inspiring young people to curiously seek out answers to their faith questions, we saw that as an opportunity to do what we do best as an organization, to provide God's word and point people to it as a source to their questions about faith. They set up a, a form at abs.bible forward slash Kanye that people can fill out to claim a free Bible. Now, I wonder how many churches are doing something similar to this. Or are they, you know, sitting in the cut saying what I've seen so much on live where we're just going to wait and see. Well, it is not for us to wait and see anything because the Bible says that we are to work out our own soul salvation. With fear and trembling. That's what we are supposed to be doing. And if you don't know where it's located. Do like so many other people have done. Google it. <laughs> Google it. We just give God praise. And we just thank God. The kingdom of God is just happy right now. Because so many souls are being touched. So many people are hearing the name of Jesus. Many of them for the first time. And it's through a vessel that is willing, who is submitted, and is not afraid. So thank God for that. Thank God for that. If you haven't heard the album yet, go ahead and Google it. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Listen to it. It, it will bless you real good. 
Now, I want to just share um, some feedback and some shout outs to some of my friends who have said the podcast has blessed them. And I'm so excited. My friend Dahlia, Miss Jean Irish, and Miss Latanya. Thank you all for your great feedback. It is always my objective to um, give good, thought-provoking information that will, I pray, help you um, change and to provoke change and to provoke thought into how you're living your life and how you're presenting yourself to the world. Now, we're going to get into this week's lesson Now, last week we had some homework where I asked you what was it you needed to let go of to be to become more of what God has already ordained you to be. I hope you did your homework. I wrote the book and I still did my homework. So I just want to share with you all um, three things that I wrote down. For me, it was learning how to overcome the opinion of others. Because when you grow up, sometimes you look for validation from other people and and you always depended on them to help you get from A to Z. But it's just an opinion. It doesn't make it true for you. And, and I say this a lot of times, especially when it comes um, to marriage. What works in your household may not work in my household. Just like the Bible says about raising up children. We should raise them up in the way they should go. And when they get old, they will not depart from it. And it's the same. We need to raise up our marriages um, the same way. And we need to raise ourselves up the same way. What works for you may not work for me. So I had to really um, stop relying on the opinion of other people. The next thing I had to let go of was waiting for someone to validate me and the gift that God has given me. I've been discouraged several times about um, the gift that the Lord has given me and the anointing that I walk in in the deliverance ministry at my church. We have deliverance ministry and, um, and I don't really per se work. You know, I don't go to the encounters. I used to, but I, I don't do that anymore. But God has opened a door for me to go and work in other ministries and um, I give God the glory for that uh, because every gift we have is not for the house you may be in just like Jesus said Um, even his in his own ministry he couldn't he couldn't heal many people in his own town because who they saw was Joseph the shepherd's um, Joseph the carpenter's son Jesus they didn't see him as the messiah who was going around healing people and setting people free and delivering them and spreading the word of God. So it's okay if your gift is not being used in your local church. There is a world, as we see right now, with what God is doing. People need to know about the Lord. And I said this before, if you haven't started your ministry, pick up a mic and begin to talk. The next thing I had to get over was the notion that I wasn't called to be in the deliverance ministry and to work as a Shamar prophet. Because when you're, when you're a part of, of some ministries, and, and you all may um, be witness to this, you're a part of a ministry where your gift is not being used, so you begin to question that gift. But God always put people in your place 
to remind you of the call that he has called you, who he has called. He has ordained and called and he's solidified. And that's the only thing that matters is that God calls you. And Paul says that we are to study to show ourselves approved and workmen that would that will not be ashamed of the gospel. We will not be ashamed of the gospel. So if you had time on last week to really sit and think about those things that you need to let go of, um, I hope it was helpful and brought some insight on your next journey. Um, and today's journey, we're going to be talking about care versus cure. And before we get started, I'm going to say a quick prayer. Lord, we just thank you for the for this day. We honor your name and we just praise you, oh God, for who you are in our lives. We just thank you for keeping us safe throughout this week and throughout the weekend. We just thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for us. We just thank you that your name, Jesus, is being known among the, the people that have never even heard of who you are. They don't even know who you are, what you can do for them. But in this season, oh God, there is a voice that's not afraid. And we are going to be a part of that voice that will not be afraid to share your name, your gospel to the world. Now let this lesson be blessed and let it be um, be one that would cause someone to want to be better and to be better in their, in their souls and to be better in their walk with you. We love you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. So as we continue to study the book, The Care of the Soul by Thomas More, we're going to talk about care versus cure. I'm going to give you some definitions and I hope you do have your pens and your pads out today. Because I'm going to give you a lot of definitions. Um, and the, the lesson is going to be pretty deep today. But I believe um, it will be helpful for you as well. So when we talk about caring and curing, it's not the same thing. Because to care is the provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, and maintenance and protection of someone or something. Ongoing, ongoing care. Like we, we shampoo our hair. We're caring for our hair. We, sh- we, um, we bathe. We're caring for our bodies. You know, we eat. We're nourishing our bodies. That's something that we do every day. A cure is relief of symptoms of a disease or a condition. So when something is cured, it's gone. It's never coming back. It's forgotten. That's what a cure is. So you don't continue to care for a cure because it doesn't exist anymore. So when we talk about caring for the soul, it's something that won't ever be cured. The soul soul will not be cured. We care for the soul because as, as the word says, his mercies are new every morning, which means that every day is new. And every day is going to bring its own challenges. Every day is going to bring its own struggles. So we have to care for whatever life brings. Every 24 hours, something new is going to happen. So we have to care for our soul today to prepare for tomorrow. And in the book, um, 
Thomas More talks about the shadow. And I'm going to read an insert from the book. There are two kinds of shadow. One consists of the possibilities in life that we reject because of certain choices we have made. The person we choose to be, for example, automatically creates a dark double. The person we choose not to be. This unwelcome shadow varies from one person to the next. For some people, sex and money are looming shadows, while for others, they are simply a part of life. Jung also believes that there is an absolute shadow not relative to our life's choices and habits. So what is a shadow? What is a shadow? When we're talking about the shadows varying in our lives, what is a shadow? I'm glad you asked. Because I have the definition for you. <laughs> there is a difference between the shadow and the persona. So the shadow is the dark side of our personality. Yeah, it's the dark side. You know, when you see the shadow, when you see a shadow, a shadow is never light. A shadow, if you see a shadow, it's dark. So the shadow is the dark side of our personality because it consists chiefly of primitive, old, negative human emotions and impulsive like rage, envy, greed, selfishness, desires, and it strives for power. The persona shadow is the disowned self. The part of us that we don't want anyone to know or to know anything about is the dark side. <laughs> the dark side of us that we don't want anyone to know about. Now the persona is the hidden side of us. The persona is a role that an individual chooses to play in life. Or it is the impression of them they want to express to the outside world. So we all have a persona. That person that walks out the door that we show to the world and we give them the impression that we're this, that, and the other. But the truth is, we it doesn't exist. So for example, I'm sure we've seen people who have fancy cars Fancy dresses, fancy clothes, and and the, and they live in deplorable conditions. And a lot of times, people do that to escape where they living, or their you know their mental state of mind. So they create this um, picture of themselves um, to be someone that they're really not. That's that dark side. There, are, there have been many days um, in my former life, and I say that, <laughs> that I'll walk out my door um, just broken on the inside and not knowing who to talk to or where to turn. But man, I was looking so good. I, you know, I was presenting myself to the world as a whole person, as a person that was aware. But 
to go home was just painful. It it was just painful, but no one knew that. I remember going to piano lessons and just hurting on the inside and just wasn't able to even share the story because of the shame that I was carrying around with me um, and the pride that I had that I wouldn't even talk about what I was going through. You know, people just saw, you know, the outside. Oh, Lisa, you got this going on. And Lisa, you got that going on. Knowing that, man, I can I be in your shoes? <laughs> you want to change shoes? And you're not knowing how to get out. But that's why we have to stand in our truth. Whatever that truth is, you know, we can't live in fairy in a fairy tale in a fairy tale world because fairy tale worlds aren't real. You still gotta go home. You still gotta go home to abusive relationships, or you still gotta go home to a place that's not peaceful. Your home is supposed to be a place of peace, a place of rest. Uh, it said Papa was a rolling stone wherever he laid his hat was his home. So we want our hats to be laid down at home. We don't want to keep walking around in the house in a hat because you're not feeling comfortable in your own house that you're paying rent for, you're paying a mortgage for. <laughs> you don't want that. You want to be able to go home and be at peace. So we present this person to the world that does not exist. And we don't want to live out. You don't want people to know everything. Everybody don't need to know what's going on in your house. But you need to know what's going on in your house. To a place where you know how to begin to heal and deal with the pain that you still are carrying around. Shadow behavior is a block to your best self and is harmful. Shadow behavior is simply a negative and is often automatic, unintentional, and unconscious. So you don't even realize that you're in the dark. You don't even realize that you're walking in a shadow because you've done it for so long. That you've walked in darkness for so long and you don't even know how to get out. You don't even know how to come to God and say, Lord, here I am. Just take me. I, I surrender my life to you. We don't, some, some of us don't even know how to do that because we've been in darkness for so long and we put this persona on for so long and we pretend it to be something that we're not for so long. The shadow is from the responses to life's events, people, situations. Our life events creates the dark shadow, which causes us not to care for our soul. I actually took some time today and listened to Thomas More. Um, and he was just sharing how we need to not take ourselves so seriously. That we should laugh at ourselves sometimes. <laughs> because life, life within itself is already challenging for us. 
but that's the only way we're going to get close to the soul is is when we just just be light just be light about some things we don't have to be serious all the time you may be afraid to even look at the inside of yourselves and we are afraid of life and we are dying we would rather stay in the shadow than deal with our problems and our issues and our obstacles and the turmoil that we're going through we would rather stay there as opposed to dealing with it. And when we talk about turmoil, problems and obstacles and, and caring for the soul, there are differences between the three. Turmoil is a state of great disturbance, confusion or uncertainty. Turmoil, a state of great disturbances, confusion or uncertainty. I remember when I had to leave, um, and I always go back to this because that was very traumatic for me, um, turmoil and confusion. Where was I going to go? Uh, how was I going to tell everybody I was leaving? Uh, what would it look like? And that's really what we're more, we're most afraid of, about is how is it, how is it going to look like to people? So we stay in situations because we don't want it to look a certain way to people. And we are dying trying to save face for people that don't really matter. Exactly. They don't even matter. But that's turmoil when there's utter confusion. When you don't even know where to turn, who to go to, or how to get started. A problem is a matter or a situation regarded as unwelcomed or harmful and needing to be dealt with and overcome. For me, the problem was insecurity. The problem was rejection. The problem was not believing in myself. The problem was not believing that I can do it on my own. That was a problem. Codependency was a problem. Abandonment was a problem. Me you know, find, trying to find love from everybody. That was a problem. And problems create obstacles. And here is what an obstacle is. Something material or non-material that stands in the way of literally or figuratively progressing. An obstacle stands in the way of you progressing, moving forward. Going forth with your dreams. Doing the things that you love. That's an obstacle. And, uh, and problems can become obstacles. When you don't deal with the problems. Obstacles stand in your way. It could be laziness. That's a problem. Creates an obstacle. Insecurity is a problem. That creates an obstacle. Because you don't believe in yourself. Listening to other people telling you who you are and what you're not. That's a problem that needs to be handled. Which would create an obstacle for you getting to where you need to be to care for your soul. We need to be educated about ourselves. You need to know who you are. What you stand for. What you're not going to stand for. What you will do and what you will not do. 
and and my grandmother says it's that gut feeling. Your soul will tell you when it's wrong. You know, in relationships, we see red flags, ladies. We see red flags and we ignore all the red flags. And then we find ourselves bleeding inside because we fail to take care of the soul. And the same thing for men. Men see red flags as well. And they still keep moving and keep going forward. But you got to stop. If you see the red flags, you got to stop and say, yo, man, that is not right. You got to be educated about yourself. And to be educated is to have knowledge of. So if you have knowledge of yourself, then you should know what you can and cannot do, what you can and cannot stand and or deal with. We have to have strong will. We have to be determined to do what we need to do for ourselves, regardless to how it affects other people. Because you are the most important person in your life. And when we make change, we become different. Now, it's not always easy to do, right? No, Lisa, it's not always easy to do. So I'm going to give you seven steps on how to get there. How to get to a place where you can care for your soul. Remember, you're not going to find a cure for the soul. But you will always know how to care for the soul. How do you get rid of the shadow? How do you even face the shadow? Here we go. Number one, banish the shame. That is the first step toward unconditional self-acceptance. In Christ, there is no shame. I was shamed when I was pregnant at 16 in the 11th grade, playing the organ for the church, Sunday school teacher, secretary, you know. I was the only one in my family out of 11 to have a baby out of wedlock. My parents were so upset. My pastor, Bishop, Mother Sherman, my grandma, everybody had to stand before the church and apologize. I had to get past that shame. And how did I do it? It's number two. I started writing in a journal. Write out your fears. Write out those things that you're still holding on to. Write out the shame. It's nobody's business but yours anyway. And once you become fully delivered from it. And the shame doesn't exist anymore. Man, you'll stand on the mountaintop and tell everybody about what you've done and how God has brought you out of it. I know I'm a witness and I do it every day. I do it every time I get on this podcast. Every time I write a book, I always share something about my past that I was shamed of and God brought me out of. Number three, laugh at yourself. Don't take yourself so serious. Don't take yourself so seriously. This thing called life. Some of us are alive, but we're not living. Laugh. Eat. Be merry. But don't eat carbs now. Don't eat bad stuff. (laughs) French fries, macaroni and cheese, all that stuff. Just stay away from that bad stuff. It's sin. (laughs) 
But laugh, smile, be happy. If you mess up, it's like, man, Lisa, you messed up. Man, you messed up with that one. Get up and start all over again. Number four, meditate with a focus on self-compassion and acceptance, acceptance of your own humanness. Don't be so hard on yourself. You're human. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fail at something. Give yourself a break today. My goodness, have a little compassion for yourself. Don't beat yourself up for what you didn't do or what you did do. God's grace and his mercy is new every morning. His mercy is new every morning. But there are times when we can, um, grace, grace runs out. Because we ought to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. So when we have knowledge, there is no excuse. Because the Bible says it's best that you not know and not do than to know and do. You can Google that one too. (laughs) Number five, think of your good qualities. And accept the possibilities that the opposite may also be true of you. And that's okay. So don't just focus on the bad part of yourself. Even though as we're doing our our work and our spiritual growth. And we have to look at the bad in order to get better. You don't always want to look at the good. Then you don't grow if it's, if it's always hot. It's got to rain sometimes. So look at the bad too. But again, don't beat yourself up. Look at the things that you are good at doing. You know, I'm good at talking. That's why I have a podcast. (laughs) So find that good thing. I'm a very organized person. So I, you want something organized? Ask Lisa. I'll do it for you. Number six, realize that the shadow side is a reflection of your power. Your honesty and your passion. That dark side has strength. It has survival. That dark side. Yes, it's a negative dark side, but it takes the negative and the positive to create power. So if you got some negative and you got some positive, man, you could put that together and you can be a force to be reckoned with. Talk to someone you trust, possibly a therapist. I know in our culture, we look at going to counseling as a taboo. Uh, We don't want people in our business or in our life. But a lot of us are dying because we won't put people in our businesses and our business. So, guys, just remember, don't be so hard on yourselves. It's okay if you mess up today. His mercy is new every morning. His mercy is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. This acceptance process is a part of the journey to becoming a more wiser person. If we can be brave enough to face our dark side, we can become more integrated more whole, more comfortable in our own skin. 
The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. Carl Jung said that. The privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. And the only way to get there is to care for your soul. What were our set what were our seven ways to face your shadow? Here are our takeaways. Banish the shame. Write in a journal. Laugh at yourself. Meditate with focus on self-compassion and acceptance of your humanness. Think of your good qualities, not just the bad. Realize that the shadow side is a reflection of your power, your honesty, and your passion. And lastly, talk to someone you trust. Talk to someone you trust. And you can't say you trust yourself because you can't be talking to yourself for help. Talk to someone. Talk to a friend. We all should have that one friend that we can call on in times of trouble. Lord, we just thank you for this word. And we just pray that it fell on the hearts and the ears of those that are ready to change. That are ready to take care of themselves. That are ready to walk in the holy boldness that you've given all of us. We pray for a blessed week on today. All power belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And remember, the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are. Thank you for listening to Finding Peace Within. And remember, a centered soul is a centered mind. Thank you for listening to the Finding Peace Within podcast with Lisa L. Dalton. You can find me on Instagram at Lisa Wilson Dalton. You can follow me on Facebook at Lisa Wilson Dalton. And follow me on Twitter at I am Lisa L. Dalton. I even have a website, findingpeacewithin.org, where you can read some of my blogs, you can find the books that I've written, and even some of the workout videos that I've created. Until next time, remember to find peace within. A centered soul is a centered mind.